So right I feel like on I schedule. I get asked about this one because we say I say a lot of spicy stuff. So yeah, what spicy stuff are you gonna be bringing today? Oh, just let's go through the timeline first. We'll get there. Okay. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode, Cap and Blitz. The uh, it has been since Ti since we last recorded it. So you want to start at Ti? You want to talk about Ti? Do we not? Do we not talk about Ti? Yeah, I thought we you did. said we did it in November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we did talk about Ti. So what has happened since? I haven't really um, been a whole lot of events. So there was ESL Kuala Lumpur, uh, which my team went to without me, um, yep. and got third. So yep. I know that I'm, you know, Jabs is one spot lower than me. <laughs> you know, um, that was actually part of the reason we haven't done a podcast sooner because you didn't go to Kuala Lumpur. So I was like, well, yeah, there's no point in. I was like, usually well, we can like have after Jabs every big on, event. But... Yeah, usually after like a big event. So um, that happened. Uh, I don't know if we went through the logistics, but I remember Saberlight had contacted me saying, like, hey, I know Netta can't go, would love to play in that. And I personally love go getters like that. You know, um, I think it's a really good attitude to have to try and like you know plan ahead and so my team was kind of uncertain at about Saberlight at first if i'm just honest like they really wanted to ask i think first option was uh collapse they were really not down for Saberlight. i'm gonna be real here <laughs> but then everybody kind of came around and they really liked him they all really thought he was funny good skill like just all around good guy they i i mean the fact that somebody messages me like Five days after TI says, I want to play, that shows me, like, commitment. Yeah. And I'll always try and reward that in whatever way that I can. Sure. Um, so shout out to Shopify and their management team because they made it really easy. Because they just wanted their player to go and play, you know? Um, sometimes it's not that straightforward, but for th this, it was very straightforward. Um, I, You know, some days I would stay up and watch the games, but my biggest priority was that my... Uh, grandpa turned 95 so i wanted to be able to be there for that and like be present um see my family and friends that i haven't seen in a while did an escape room with you you know kind of just chill yep and uh relax and kind of like take everything in that uh seems pretty relaxing though i know you got bored at some point in time yeah i mean that's just kind of the nature of how i work at some point, I get really tired of not having something to do. So I, I'm just a workaholic at heart. And esports is one of those jobs where, where whatever you put into, you'll get infinitely out of. Uh, I would imagine that the majority of people that watch our show aren't professional Dota players or anything like that and probably just have regular 9-to-5s. And in your regular 9-to-5, maybe you work for this like big corporation and maybe you're really good at your job, but you know, you're maybe seeing like, five percent of that back right let's say you're like excellent at your job and you make your company a million dollars a year or something like that and they pay you like two hundred thousand dollars a year as a result of that mm -hmm. you know whereas like my job is you know i get more prize money it's like directly correlated <laughs> to yeah. my success at all times so i'm very motivated to try and work uh about as hard as i can at it so it's hard to just completely switch off yeah, that's the uh, that's the upside of it. Downside is when you're not making that money, then it feels like, well, what am I doing wrong? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so then went into the first boot camp. Uh, <clears throat> actually, I saw Quinn 
Andreas crit and added New Year's first. That was the first thing. We all got very drunk. Um, I'll tell you the funniest thing that happened at that trip was that uh, uh, this girl named Amy, Sheep, Quinn, Chloe, and Kyle challenged me to push-ups. Like, all of their <laughs> combined totals against mine. Uh-huh. Um, and I was drunk and on fried chicken at this point, so I figured it was kind of fair. And um, I let them go first, and I think they, I think Quinn ended up doing like a surprising amount with good form, like twenty-two push-ups or something stupid. All right, all right. And old, and old Kyle just, uh, and the girls <laughs> I think combined for like six or seven, and then old Kyle actually just belted out like thirty-one or something. Wow, look at Kyle and then, go. I think the total was like 57 or something, and I got to 56 because I was pretty drunk. But the funniest thing about that was Kyle was very – like we had just gone – we drank a shit ton. And then after Kyle did that, he was very lively. As soon as he did that, he just died because, you know, our boy's not in the best shape. <laughs> yeah, he just died. He literally just sat on a chair, didn't say anything for the rest of the night. Then I think he took a, a cab home to his like 10-minute ride hotel or like 10-minute walk hotel. And then we didn't see him for, like, 13 hours. Literally just, like, died. <laughs> like, just actually perished. Just didn't see him for literally the next day at, like, 4.30 p.m. And I was like, okay, man, you got a, a wake-up call. <laughs> I mean, you got to get a, your ass in shape. He's a competitive person and out of shape, so he probably put everything into it that he had. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like, you know, in, you know, in like, TV shows or... In video games, you can see people's mana bar, and then you need to, like, go by the campfire and sleep. That's what I felt like. <laughs> I, I felt like I saw Kyle just hit that meter to zero. Yeah. That man just absolutely perished. Um, so that was fun. Then, shortly after that, I went to boot camp a bit early so I could get started. Netta was supposed to meet me there, but he wanted... He, Schengen reasons, couldn't go there yet. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and then we had our first boot camp as a group. Okay, so that was not long after uh, New Year's. That was the first time that you got... I mean, you have obviously talked to 33 before uh, he joined Liquid, but this was probably the first like long amount of time that you spent with him. Yeah, actually, I knew him from way back when. Um, and he remembered this, and he actually was the one that brought it up, but he asked me for a ticket when he was a nobody. You know, just an absolute nobody. He asked me for a ticket to ESL, uh, New York. Oh, yeah. Um, and I said, sure. You know, like, I, I got you. And this is this is how I know that it was destiny. So he messaged me before he became a pro. This must have been, like, 2015 or something. Do you remember, like, ESL New York? Uh, I, I do. I vaguely remember that event, yeah. I see. That's where, uh, what's his name? Hani saw the Empire State Building and asked if it was the Pentagon. <laughs> One of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Um, still die from that. But yeah, so from that event, and he, so he, we, that was the last real meaningful interaction that we really had. Aside from random fiend shit. Um, mm -hmm. I think we fiended a few times, like, when he left Alliance and stuff. But other than that, like, didn't really talk or anything like that. So this was the first real moment that I got to, like, talk to him, talk to him. So that was kind of fun, like, getting to really know somebody. Because I had already known Zai and Matu so well. And Nisha and I just gym together 24-7. So it was really natural to kind of just fit everything together. Sure. And because Zai was there, I felt like 
the process was a lot smoother because we all knew each other, whereas there was no real bridging gap for 33. Um, if anything, we all kind of had minor beef. So I think, because I think we, you know, just Europe just kind of hates Europe and we, we didn't really interact. So that's about it. Okay. So what was, uh, what, was uh, how, uh, what do you think of him? Uh, he's fantastic. I'll say that I've never met somebody that just purely loves the game as much as he does. And I really? mean, really loves the game. Yeah, I think he obsesses over Dota. I think he thinks about 24-7. I think he thinks about what he could be doing. I think he uh, wants to bring stuff up to people at all times. You know, just boundless amounts of energy, a lot of, lot of drive. Like, I can see why this guy has been successful in his career, just because of the sheer amount of effort um, that he puts into the game. So, yeah, that's probably surprising for him to join our team. <laughs> but So was that, uh, has, has that been a big boost to you guys? Because you guys have been together for a while at this point in time, even if you swapped out one person each, each year. Uh -huh. You guys have been together for a while. Uh, and Matu was on the end of his career. Zai, turns out he was on the end of his career as well. Yeah. Uh, I have to admit, all of your players are getting older. I have to imagine that the work ethic isn't the same as it used to be. It's uh, It kind of comes and goes. I think that it's harder for us to want to grind for these online things, and mm -hmm. it's harder to like want to prove stuff, even though it's kind of ironic to say because we haven't like won one. Um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd say one of the criticisms, like, obviously we got the same exact result as we did last year, which was second. But I felt like this was quite different, considering everyone's like, oh, well, it's four of the same players. But changing your captain, if anybody knows anything about Dota, really changes your identity. Um, and we had to learn what to do about that on the fly, which was really, really tough. Because his idea of Dota, if you look at some of our drafts, goes against, like, every core principle that we have as Team Liquid which is to be a fast team that just runs at you. Um, and now we have probably the slowest offlaner in Dota 2, maybe Dota 2 history. Yeah. And so there was definitely some growing pains in just trying to figure out how exactly this could fit together and trying to figure out the puzzle pieces. And, you know, it wasn't really easy at first. It took a lot of effort for us to kind of come together uh, and figure this one out. So I don't think this one was necessarily a lack of effort or anything. It was just... The very first tournament that we had played with a very new captain. Uh, when Mickey went to Kuala Lumpur, you know, it was still the TI meta, and for the most part, they still had our same ideas. And so it was kind of easy to fit Saberlight into that. You know, all the props in the world to Mickey and Jabs, because I think they did a fantastic job uh, just kind of holding down the fort. But I think that adding Saber was going to be a lot easier than adding, you know, a new captain in 33 who's got his own strong ideas about Dota. Because, you know, Saber's kind of a cut. He just, he's going to do what we tell him to do. You know, he's a soldier. Yeah. That's a polite way to put it. I like Saber <laughs> a lot, so we'll call him a soldier, you know? Whereas Neta is kind of just his own entity that, you know, you can't really ignore. You didn't bring him in here to mold him into what you think he can be good at. You know, you brought him in for what he is good at. Uh, so that was definitely an adjustment process for sure. And uh, how have you found Neta outside of, like, uh, other than just, like, being super enthusiastic about Dota, like, anything else personality-wise that you, maybe you were surprised about him, uh, that you didn't know about him before, anything like that? He really likes food. 
he might even be more food critical than I am. Really? Uh, he cooks for himself. Like we talk, most of our talk is about Dota food. Wow. He fucking loves Thai food, Asian food. Uh, we went to a pretty bougie Chinese place while we were in Dubai as a group. That was fun. Uh, like just as a team dinner and watching him kind of dissect things and be like, "Well, this was good for this reason. Didn't really like this as much. Felt like this was one of the better things I've had." Um, honestly, that guy just—I don't know. I feel like he just takes everything seriously in the best way possible. If that makes sense. Sure, sure. Um, there's no real off switch, so I, I enjoyed getting to know that side of him and understanding that side of him. Someone who's like also continually figured, analytical. Yeah, and I figured that he's very much like Boxy, uh, in a sense. I feel like they're kind of the same person in a lot of ways, which is why I think they've gotten together, uh, gotten along so well together. So I thought that was kind of cool, like how much uh, they like each other. So would would he appreciate going to super nice restaurants like that kind of foodie yeah okay I feel so like have he... you have you gone yet um is that, that for those people we... who don't know blitz takes people that that's like one of the the go-to like social activities i would say you do with people right yeah i just like to eat food um no we haven't really had much time because i mean boot camp was very packed had a lot of content and stuff we had to get down a lot of shooting to do so not the most time that we logistically had. Mm. I think for the next boot camp, which is probably Birmingham, we'll try and extend it a little bit, but uh, try to figure that out. How's the rest of the team getting along with him? Uh, I think if I'm 100% transparent, I feel like Boxy loves him. I feel like my safe lane duo has to get to know him a little bit better. Okay. Just the way that they communicate with each other probably uh, has to get a little bit better. Because... Zai was real. Zai and Matu were real. You don't really question me. Just shut the fuck up. Don't talk to me. If you think you're right above me, you're not. You're wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, and I felt like they kind of respected that. And I feel like for Netta, who's never really had this kind of leadership identity, he's got to kind of learn how to balance it in. So, so far, I'd say it's like a B, but there's a lot that can be done. You know, in one of the post-game interviews, I said... We're not even at 20% yet. And that's because we're still, uh, you know, two souls living in one body. And once we kind of figure out what the balance of that is, I think we're going to really, really start to get it going. Okay. So uh, in that case, uh, if Netta isn't one of those, like, harder driving captain types, uh, like, what was what would you say his captain relationship was on Tundra? I'm not actually sure. We I, I don't suppose we talked about that that much i think he was just kind of a supporting voice uh obviously you will play around him a lot of times but yeah pretty chill dude all things considered so do you think that's something that uh someone else on the team is gonna have to step up more to like help him captain is that your job or is that something uh, that netta you think is gonna have to try and do more of <laughs> I think Neta probably has to figure it out a little bit for himself. I think I probably have to, I probably have to be less lazy and get my ass in action, which I did a bit more uh, mm -hmm. during this event. So probably has to be like a combination of the two. So. And you said uh, before that uh, your identity as a team is being changed by Neta. How how much would you say that? the you contributed to the previous identity of liquid because obviously you were uh, drafting 
with uh, both Zai and Matu. Yeah, I think I always have big picture stuff in mind. Um, and I try to usually have some idea of the heroes that Mickey or Nisha could want to play. For the most part, I stay away from... Oh, I've never really talked about offlane. Like, Boxy usually calls his own hero. Uh, Aiden usually has to play one of like four heroes that are in meta. So then it just comes down to helping out Mickey and Nisha, try to figure out what they want while still fitting in you know, the overall game plan. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I'll look at a draft. I remember one of the drafts at this event, which we can touch on later. I just walked away and I was like, gross. Like, if we win this game, it's a miracle, because there's just no way we should win this game. I just thought, ugh, like, sickening. Uh -huh. um, and that that's kind of where I get disappointed, where I think to myself, I did not do a good job of keeping the entire identity correct. Because what ends up happening in a draft, most people, if you've never drafted competitively before, what ends up happening is, uh, you know, you're going down the list, they're picking heroes, you're picking heroes, and when your player suggests heroes to you, they're thinking about it in terms of their game. Because it's pretty tough to always think about the overall game plan, right? So sure. if I say, hey, Nisha, what kind of hero do you want? You know, he's just looking at probably the other mid-hero that he's playing against. Um, or Mickey's just looking at his safe lane matchup without considering, like, okay, maybe we need something like this instead. Um, which I can touch on later in one of our drafts. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of how my role, I guess, in this works, is just to make sure that Netta understands that there's a big picture. Same with Zai and Matu. Usually we worked on that together. Like, we, we would develop core principles, and then I would just force that identity at all times. Um, which was pretty cool. That's, that's a fun job. Okay, so I'm, uh, I'm going to take that you had a pretty decent input into what uh, Liquid's identity was before then, right? Yeah, at okay. all times, I'd say. So then now you're bringing in new captain, drafter, who has, as like you were talking about, exact opposite ideas. I have to imagine that was hardest. Was it hardest for you to adjust to? Uh, because you are now collaborating with him on draft and he has a different idea about Dota? Or was it uh, like an actual player on the team that had a harder time adjusting to that pace? I think probably... Aiden and I had the hardest time. I think just Aiden, because he was so used to somebody like Sai uh, on the team and just needs to just talk to Netta more, honestly. Hasn't really had a lot of opportunities to get along with him. Or not get along with him, but, uh, you know, like mingle. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and so I think for him, it's a bit of a change. And then I think for me, it was definitely... Because I felt like for the first boot camp, if I'm honest, I don't know if Netta respected me at all. Because, you know, I'm just Blitz Dota. <laughs> I think he just assumed I was going to walk behind him and give him a massage and be like, yo, we, we can do this, guys. Uh -huh. uh, and to sit there with him and grind out mock drafts and talk to him about openers and how we can get abused and helping him realize, like, the paths and where we can do it better and stuff was probably, I would imagine, a little bit surprising. Because um, if you don't, you know, if you haven't paid attention i imagine most people just think i'm st some kind of like a motivational speaker that just sits there and it's like oh yeah guys let's do it one sure, two three more, more managerial uh, sort of like picking players and not necessarily having direct input on the strategy which you have done for liquid for a very long time yeah i mean at this point it's been forever i don't know where these like memes come from about uh but i mean it is what it is so 
it's there's not a whole lot you can do to escape what people think your image is at some point. But I think it was interesting to see what Netta was willing to give me and how much she was willing to like uh, meet me halfway as the tournament progressed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, that That's what I was going to ask next is like, how much do you guys uh, think you have shifted to 33 and how much is 33 shifted to you? Uh, I'd say we're probably still shifting a little bit towards him just because he's such a unique player. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, if you're going to have 33, I feel like he's the kind of player that you play around, right? As a player, yeah. maybe not as a drafter or a captain, but as a player, he's got a very specific pool that he is the best in the world at, right? Uh -huh. I mean, I can go through it real fast. So um, we get to we get to Bet Boom Dacha. Okay. okay. Bye. Uh, don't have a lot of time. Still not really sure what we're going to do. Play against Gladiators first, <laughs> uh, which is a real yikes for Team Liquid. Uh, and we go play against them. We're like, okay, we, we got this. And keep in mind that Netta... The entire time before the series is like they're ass we're gonna smash them <laughs> Netta's favorite thing to say is that everybody last year was bad and none of our second places and gladiators wins counted which obviously he's trolling sure um, but he was like if we were 100 full strength you guys would have been trash uh which obviously he doesn't really believe considering he joined us yeah uh but yeah that was his mantra going in just don't respect them too much you know, we're going to do our thing. Fuck them. You, you know, we actually so had an interesting conversation, which, which was similar, which was half trolling uh, with, yeah. the, with the podcast with uh, Quinn and uh, Aiden uh, and Gunner. They were talking about the high-skilled TIs and what weren't high-skilled uh, TIs. I see, I see. So that, yeah. <laughs> that was definitely a recent conversation uh, that uh, rings some bells for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we play that. Uh, the first series, we get absolutely bumped on. I start to realize that some of our ideas are just wrong. And Gladiators had some really cool stuff like the Venge Alk. Um, and just forcing Duraccio's hero. You know, I feel like this team, uh, when they just force his hero, are pretty cool. Mm. Uh, so mood is kind of low. <sighs> Next day, we go into it. Wait, and wait, we're wait, like, wait. Why sorry, don't we sorry. just? Can, can I hold you there? Uh... Shoot, shoot. I didn't. I didn't ask about this and the other one. What? What? What's with the no handshake? Oh, I mean, I asked Netta about it, and he just said, which is a very plausible thing, that he wasn't aware that you were gonna do a best of, like a handshake after a best of two, and then he found it kind of strange, and then he didn't really know what was going on, um, and then when they came up to him, he was kind of surprised, and he said no, then, I and because normally you don't ever do post-match handshakes after a best of two group stage one when neither team has been eliminated or anything yeah i heard that they were I, pushing I don't think that ever done that before. pretty hard they're like no you you go do the handshake <laughs> like most of the players were like yes what no that's not usually a thing and the tournament organ was like like no no no, you need to do it yeah because it feels kind of bad like to uh, it feels doubly worse when it's just a group stage game uh you, you know i i read this i i watched this nba podcast where uh, JJ Redick and Sky were saying that you know they were uh, the Pacers were getting scrutinized for not handshaking and they were saying since their AAU days you know since uh, they were teens they've only ever handshake like three times because you're gonna play each other all the fucking time mm -hmm. you know so who cares uh, which is kind of how I thought about it 
and I didn't think it was a big deal. I asked him if there was any beef. He just said no. It's just a misunderstanding. Yeah, then, Quinn you know, said he something gladly similar. He said, no problem. he said, you know, Quinn, uh, Quinn was the person I think that like didn't get the ha handshake when he, he first came up, and he said, you know, him and Ned are are cool. They they they're friends. There's nothing. Yes. Nothing weird going on. There's there. absolutely no beef. Just you know, Netta was in the zone, didn't really understand what was going on, refused it, didn't really understand what the point was, and then yeah, uh, didn't think it was that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. uh, which you know, I think in the future, obviously he shook the hand because he saw the outrage. But yeah, yeah, I just don't. I think that was more of a faux pas than uh, what is it called? A because we were it was our first time doing it, so no one had any idea what was going on. You know, sure. it was really confusing. Uh, so yeah, I think that was that was interesting, for sure. Um, so ended up being okay, and it was fine. Ultimately speaking, I think the next time we played, he did it. There's no issues. Sure. Okay, so you play you play against uh, Game of Gladiators. It goes terribly. Uh, you're only playing one series a day in these group stages, right? Which is yeah, pretty abnormal. Uh, Miserable. So next next day. You play against Falcons, who is the other team that looks pretty like obviously another team that was uh, a favorite for the tournament, right? Yeah, these guys are trash. <laughs> um, nah, they were they were really good. Had a lot of prep. Stole. If you go watch back, we just stole Gladiators' drafts. Yeah, I see that. Venge, uh, Alchemist, Venge, Furion. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, we had some pretty good reads there, and so had good ideas. Everybody was kind of clicking, get on the same page. And I'll say, like, the best part and the worst part about this tournament is that if you won 2-0 on that day, you had a great day. And if you lost 2-0 on, on that day, you had, like, the worst day ever. Because you're just sitting around, and there's no other opportunity to get it back, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like I'm a, we're a team that wants to get it back. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was one of the, the shittier parts of it, was that I felt like, with the format, was that we would just play a game, it was done, just move on with your life, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that part wasn't that fun, wasn't a big fan of that. Uh, but yeah, managed to bounce back against Falcons, who up to this point were not having the best time in the tournament. In fact, they were very close to getting into the lowers, um, so kudos on them to turn it around. But yeah, we're 2-2, two -two. we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. We have VP, who we think are sneakily almost a tier 1.5 team okay you know something just holds them back from being uh you know just at the very tippy top i don't know what it is because the skill is there for sure but something just is not 100 clicking not quite yet anyways they got eighth at ti you know they're in a really hard group here but uh kind of expected more out of them so we have a really sweaty game one, then rolled in game two, you know, standard things. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, now we're 4-2 in the tournament. We're feeling pretty good. We just have to beat Aurora once to get to the next phase. And of course, we fucking lose game one because that's Team Liquid. <laughs> uh, this draft was horrendous. Just nothing really clicked. Nothing made sense. Uh, just bad. OD, but you know the nice Timber thing? Saw. Yeah. Uh, we had like no team fight. Nothing was good. Yeah. Everything was bad. <laughs> uh, but we learned a lot of things from this series, actually, in particular, which I, I can't share quite yet because there's no, 
you know, there's no uh, there's no patch yet, but sure. learned quite a bit from this series, like quite a quite a bit, um, which is one of the cool things about our team. I feel like there's always progress being made. Somebody is always getting better at something. Somebody is always understanding something a little bit deeper. So that's why a lot of the times you might see us start in the groups incredibly slowly, mm-hmm. and then you'll see us just pick up and roll uh, because we we learn a lot from these losses. So. You know, one of my favorite guilty pleasures is just to always go through whenever people call us out for having a bad group stage and saying, now is where Liquid will make it out of groups, and then, you know, circular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was that was interesting. So you get that then, the second game against Aurora, and you win that. And yeah. So you know from there you're in? Yes, I think I mean, from there we know we're in for okay. sure. Yeah, because I think at that point, Aurora had to win out. Um, so we're pretty comfortable. Then we play LGD, kind of a troll series. No, no one's like, no one cares that much about seeding. You'll play who you play. Um, one of my favorite things about it was when people were like, oh, Gl- Bedboom is, or Bedboom Gladiators is trying to dodge Spirit, you know, after the whole 1v1 debacle, which we can touch on in a second. But like, nobody cares. If you're a top-tier team and you think you're one of the best six teams in the world, I'm sure Gladiators does, just empirical data, uh, you know, you don't care who you play against. Yeah. You're, not, you're not genuinely afraid. So yeah, we play LGD, and then that forces like the whole 1v1 debacle, which is kind of XD. What did you uh, think about the, the 1v1s? Like, I, I, I honestly didn't pay too much uh, attention, because like, th- this term is happening while I'm asleep. So I wake up, uh-huh. I catch some some games, I watch some replays, I, I, and so as soon as like a tiebreaker happens, like I don't give a shit, right? Like from my uh-huh. from my point of view as an analyst slash commentator, none of this matters to me. So what was yeah, the I mean, controversy about the the one? There wasn't tiebreaker? really any controversy. It was just so Nisha claps Quinn, get bodied. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you know he's like, well, then we heard that gladiators wanted to. They didn't really care about who they played at all, which they shouldn't. Uh, and they just wanted it done. And then Falcons also just wanted it done. Then I think Setsu was the only one that really wanted to play. And Nisha was like, I don't really want to play. So do we care, you know, what placement we are? And they told us it'd be a coin flip if we forfeited. So we said, you know, we're not trying to dodge anybody. Uh, you think Nisha's afraid to play anybody 1v1 mid? Sure. Um, if we wanted to game the system, you know, we could have in terms of playing the 1v1 out, but we didn't. We just said, we'll leave it to a coin flip because who cares who we play? Like, if nobody cares, then nobody cares. Um, everybody is good at this point. You know, who we, what do you, you get? Azure Ray, Extreme Spirit, or Bed Boom. You know, there's no freebies. It's all yeah. ass. So, so, just, so you, you guys, did, uh, Liquipedia says you guys forfeited, uh, and then yeah. it says that Quinn Malreen. Uh, also forfeited, but then they did a coin toss. So you guys also did a coin toss for yours? No, I think that for whatever reason, they gave, because Maureen and Quinn both wanted to forfeit, they gave LGD priority one. I think thinking it would screw us over or something or to punish us, but we didn't really care. I mean, obviously we got dropped down immediately by Azure Ray, but we didn't really care. Sure. Uh, so yeah, that was that. Then, you know, we had an off day where we went to go to a nice dinner. We did dune bugging, um, which was super fun. And then the next day was the, the 1v1 tournament, which was pretty hype. 
Yeah, so uh, you played in the one v one tournament. Uh, who, somebody somebody gave you how 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 did uh, signing up for this work exactly? Because some teams had four players, and yeah. other teams had like one. <laughs> so Chloe told us maybe a month before this that we get five slots, and it doesn't really matter who from the team signs up at all. Um, and I guess some players didn't want to practice for it and get embarrassed. Which is why a lot of team players just didn't sign up. A lot of people just dropped out. Um, so Aiden obviously thinks he's going to get bodied. I'm honest. So he says, "Will you know? You should just take my spot. You probably have a better chance of winning than I do." So I say, "Okay." Uh, I don't practice for this at all. I probably play like one pub mm -hmm. uh, in five months or something like that. I, you know, I just play unranked with my friends sometimes, uh, and it's a vibe. And so I rock up. I'm tired. I slept maybe five hours the day before. I'm thinking I'm just going to get my cheeks clapped. Well, you're also uh, thinking you're going to run into Quinn, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. almost certain I'm playing Quinn. I messaged Quinn after, and he didn't really understand the rules. And so I said, okay, like, did you win? He's like, yeah. Uh, and then I said, okay. And I thought about doing a bit with Quinn. We thought it would be funny if we were both on camera that he would start doing push-ups or something in the middle of our 1v1. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, just some, like, funny bit. And then all of a sudden, all of those plans went out the window because like, he fucking lost. And he just says, well, I lost. GG. And he's, I think he's pretty mauled. I don't know if he talked about it on your pod. He he did. But... He he said that he would just kind of zoned in to the 1v1 and uh, that by net worth, he was really far ahead because he was, yeah. kept having to go back and buy regen and, and leave and stuff. But... Heritage still had more CS in 15 minutes, so... Yeah. There was this meta that had developed, which was essentially you trade salves for CS, and even if you're getting behind, you're still winning, mm -hmm. because CS is what matters, not net worth, which is, I think, kind of silly. Yeah. So then the meta was just to do that. And then, you know, Team Liquid, we have Netta. So Netta then asks if we can deny wards and stuff for CS, and they said yes for some reason. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, they told us we could deny sentries, and it would count for our CS, because um, Netta read the rules, you know. Uh huh. Yeah. So An he was analytical. Like, Fuck yeah, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. So he said, "Yeah, I'm gonna do that." So he does. Uh, which you know, people got really mad at Boxy for later. They were like, "You piece of shit." Um. But yeah, so that was what happened next. Essentially, they, you know, he played. Uh. Then they also told us that you could you could sentry and you couldn't deward, but if your creeps happened to do it, it was cool. So obviously, like our team abused that. Um, but yeah, so then I play Kiritich. The way that it goes is like there's a ban system, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm just thinking in my head, please give me SF, you son of a bitch. Like I'll play anything, but um, like this puck puck shit, I'm done for. You know, quap quap or some dumb shit like that. It's I'm just fucked. Uh -huh. So I think he puts in some random heroes. I put in some random heroes. Um, then you know we we go to work. The first thing he says to me when I enter the lobby is respect for picking SF, <laughs> which I think is a little con. I I don't know. I, I I was I was trying to hide myself up. So I was like, you condescending little bitch. Uh huh. Uh, you know it. I felt like he was saying respect for having the balls to pick SF against me or some shit like that, you know? Yeah, so I said, yeah. okay, dude, like, let's run it. Then he asked me before the game starts, which I think was kind of strange, but he asked me if I want to go raise first or necromastery. Uh, 
which you know normally you just play and then see what happens sure uh so i i said i you know i thought to myself i'll be polite and i said you can choose like do whatever you feel like doing i'll i'll go along with so he says necromastery because he obviously is like eight thousand mmr higher than me um so he wants to do the most pure skill thing to try and just work me right yeah uh so get into it uh i think the first three waves i just smash him like i i'm just i'm playing no headset chair back because i think i'm gonna get worked i'm i'm blasting taylor swift <laughs> nisha's watching me and laughing because i'm just i'm playing cruel summer and karma on repeat mm -hmm. i think even at one point i i stopped to change the song on my phone because you know i just think there's no shot i'm gonna win and then i start to realize like oh i'm cooking him um so then uh i fuck up i i get really scared and nervous and i just make a really bad play and i die kind of in a stupid way and i'm really tilted at this point but then i respawn and I immediately just kill him. Um, you know, I just blood grenade, triple CF, triple raise, he dies. Mm -hmm. uh, so now it's even 1-1. One, one. I don't think you can find the replay. I've tried to download it like 100 times. So it just says unavailable because it was super hype. Then uh, we get into like a raise war on the high ground where uh, he refuses to back up and I refuse to back up. Uh, and I have a salve and he has a stick. So he pops a stick and I salve in between his hits, uh, and I live with like maybe like 30 HP, and then he just loses. And I and my team's going wild, you know, they're just <laughs> laughing. They're like, "Did you actually win?" Um, and Mickey is in the room next door, and he could hear me scream, so he knew I had won. <laughs> yeah, Aiden, Aiden uh, said he was as far away from the room as he could be while still being on the same floor, and he heard you scream. <laughs> Yeah, because I said, get the fuck out of my game. <laughs> I still run this shit. I was popping off, you know, because I was really hyped. Yeah. I, I was saying some wild shit. I was like, you <laughs> fucking ass-tier players trying to play against old man Blitz Dota. Get fucking clapped. Never forget KDL King. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm just popping off for fun. Um, But managed to win. Really hype about that. And then I have to play against the guy who gets in the finals, XM. And if you were to watch that game... You can see that I'm winning, because uh, he goes for CS first, and I go for raise, and I, I phase him out of the wave uh, twice, and uh, Nisha's watching me play, and I can hear him go, because I fuck up, like, I, I had him dead, um, and I just, I'm not very good, so, you know, I fuck up, mm -hmm. uh, he lives when he shouldn't, then he just out CSs me, and then I just go all in, die twice. But I, I, I don't think I had him. That'd be arrogant to say. But I think I put myself in a really favorable position, if that makes sense. Sure, you had a shot. Like, I could have won. I could have gotten at least the first kill, for sure. Uh, I was stomping him by, like, 8 CS, and I had quite a big bit of a lead. And then I just uh, got nervous. The moment kind of got to me. And then I was out. And that was that. Do you... Uh, so... You uh you played a lot of one v ones back in the day, right? Yes. I remember you telling me about you used to stream, and th this was before there was an MMR system. Yeah. And people would come to your stream, say you're dog shit, and then you would challenge them to a one v one with money on the line. Uh, yeah. And so you you played a lot of those, right? Yeah. So what I would do back in my stream was, you know, some viewer would say you're fucking dog shit. Uh, because I, I would do some troll-ass shit because there's no ranked. Then I would say, okay, come play me 1v1, 20 bucks on the line. 
you know, you put in 20, I put in 20. And I, I'd say this happened maybe like once every four days. And I was just cleaning house. And it got to the point where I didn't know if people were trolling me or not. So then I upped it to 100. And then I was maybe doing it like once a week. And I would just clean people out. I remember one time, uh, Ritsu, if you remember, yeah. thought he would work me 1v1. So then we played. And I think I was supposed to pay him like 100 if I, if I lost. Uh, and he was supposed to watch 50 Shades of Grey with me uh, if he lost. <laughs> Okay. And, of course, I stomped his ass. Um, and the first thing Matu did when he joined was we were telling him how good I was at just pure SF 1v1 and laning. And uh, he said, that in a million years, we were sitting at dinner, and he said, in a million years, you would never beat me. <laughs> and I said, okay. And I said, we can go play right now then. And he said, in a million years, I could close my eyes, and you would never beat me in a 1v1 SF. Okay. Uh, so I said, okay. And we just roll up, and I fucking smash him. <laughs> and I screamed, I fucking twerked, and I never let him live it down. <laughs> I was not a gracious winner at all. I was fucking obnoxious as hell. Uh, so, uh, what what I was getting to here is, uh, so you know the SF versus SF matchup. If you had beat yes. XM, you would have gone yeah. to the next round, and that's when you get into the best of threes. Do you think you would have had a shot? No shot. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely 0% chance. So it would have been SF. You win that one, and then the other two, yeah. you just would have been like... Because uh, Puck is a farming out. one, and yeah. I would have gotten outskilled for sure. There's just 0% chance. Uh -huh. um, there's just no, no fucking shot that I'm winning a CS battle against any of these guys. The, the reason why SF versus SF is very favored for shittier players is because you can just go for the kill. There are a lot of kill opportunities at level 3 and 5. Mm. Uh, so as long as you kind of understand distance and stuff, you can kind of force uh, exchanges that, you know, just lead to kills. Gotcha. And so, yeah, that's kind of what... It, it's like the most volatile matchup, if that makes sense. And I think probably Kiritich and XM probably just thought I was dog shit, so it'd be super free for them. So I doubt they were even focusing, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, that probably led to their loss more than anything. Truth be told, the uh, so XM goes on to the next round. He beats Setsu, and then he runs into Boxy. Your team really cleaned up this event. Goddamn! I mean, Nisha won the event. Uh, Boxy made it to third, fourth. Uh, you won a match. Maybe you didn't. Uh, maybe you didn't get in the money. If you had won this one against XM, you would have gotten twenty five hundred. Uh, uh -huh. and then who else? Mickey played in it? How did Mickey do? No, Mickey did not play in it. Oh, okay. He just was not feeling well, uh, did not really want to play. So he said, do I have to play? We're like, no, nah, dude, if you don't want to play, you know, don't play. Um, I, I feel like Mickey would have done pretty well since he is, was a mid laner, right? Yeah. Mickey would have crushed that bracket for yeah. sure. No doubt in my mind. Um, if I'm just honest, maybe arrogance, but no doubt in my mind. Uh, Do so you yeah, think he would have done better than Boxy? Yeah, for sure. Damn. Although we were very proud of Boxy. I felt like Boxy went way further than I personally expected. Yeah. I, I was really proud of Boxy. I felt like he, you know, he really did uh, his shit. So I thought that was pretty cool, uh, seeing him go really far. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. He went on a lot of different heroes, too. He went on mm -hmm. some traditional mids, clean on Puck. He won on these weirdo heroes uh, like Marana. A lot of Marana in this event. Jesus Christ. You want to know a funny thing about Boxy? 
mm. uh, versus save, actually. Okay, yeah. So just to give you... So Boxy knows that save Selena is like a really OP hero. And so he did not want to give save Lena at all costs. Mm -hmm. um, so then he he was thinking to himself, like, I've got to make sure this guy doesn't get Lena. Uh, and then this dumbass thinks that it's in the pick phase. Um, or the ban phase, I mean. So then he selects Lena, thinking he's banning it. So then he gives <laughs> save Lena. Um, which we were talking about because we strategized before the games what we should like how we should do it. You know, we really thought about this because it's so much money. Yeah. You might as well try and min max it. So we were talking about it as though we were drafting, um, like Dota drafting. And sure. so, yeah, it was pretty surprising that he fucked that one up, <clears throat> which was pretty funny. But then he won it anyway. XD. But then he won it anyway. Absolute king. SF versus SF, he had no fucking shot. Yeah. Uh, let me just tell you, there's there's just no way that he was going to beat Save in the skill matchup, let's say. Mm -hmm. He can hate me for saying that, um, but there's just no way. Yeah. There's a 0% chance, my friend. Boxy, I love you to death. There was no way you were beating Save. Now, you see, Nisha on the other side uh, went to a game three against Squadix. Yeah, uh, he did. And GPK. So in this last one, he worked GPK on CS. Jesus Christ. He was yeah. 46 CS up on GPK. Holy fuck. Yeah. He, uh, he really got fucked in the... The Squad X one was really close, though. He was going to win for sure, and then Nisha did some troll-ass shit, almost died under tower, and then I think Squad X actually got a little bit too eager and excited. You know, he. I think he felt it like, oh, I'm gonna beat Nisha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he. So they're fighting at the tier one on Squadix's side. Nisha goes for the kill, does not connect on the raise. Squadix has like 20 HP left. All he has to do is just run back and chill, and he's got it in the bag. But he decides to uh, fight Nisha while salved up, uh, and then he just gets one shot and killed. Uh, all he had to do was chill, and he had it pretty much dead to rights. Yeah. So that one, that one was by far the most interesting one to watch. Well, it's funny for a mid laner. It seems like uh, SF is his weakest matchup because he lost to XM on that one. He lost to GPK mm. on that one. And I mean, maybe no, he no, should no. have lost. The GPK one, he okay. had first blood and then he fucked up. Yeah, okay. And the XM one, he also had first blood, I believe, and he fucked up. Yeah. Like he was level. He killed him first. Um, then uh, I think he killed him first. I can't remember, actually, but. Maybe it was the GPK one that I'm mixing up. Something fucky happened, where Nisha could have been clean. Oh, I think it was the GPK one. He he was level uh, 4 when GPK was 3, and then they fought. And all he had to do was wait, you know, for that pivotal level 5. You mm. get there like a full level before the game is just over, essentially, at that level. Yeah. Uh, but he got a bit impatient and just went for it and died. Uh, but yeah, he was excited as hell. We had a good strategy for him. He did some Meepo Chi shit. Um, and yeah, it was a good time. We were all like, yay, dude. Uh, he made some memes about how he wasn't the problem that I feel like people took a little bit too seriously. <laughs> um, but all sure. in all, you know, a successful day. He was really happy. I don't know if Aiden brought it up, but he ended up spending some of his winnings on some cool shit. Nice. Yeah, 50 grand. Jesus. This is actually yeah, worth something. Yeah. Uh, he was like, if you guys want, I'll buy you some food and shit. We're like, nah, dude, it's your money, King. Do what you want with it. Uh, you know, he's just a sweet kid. Yeah. So we were really excited to see him win it. 
Nice. Liquid walked away with 60k from that one. Well yeah, done. the funniest thing about that was actually two things were pretty funny. Okay, so you know Faith Beyond or Bach. Yeah. He said, you playing solo tournament and won Kiritich? And he said, big boss, strongest coach. Because I said, yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. And then I said, thank you, thank you. XM was free too, but through. Sad. And then he said, congrats to Boxy for 10k. And then he messaged me three hours later and said, wow, Liquid plus 60k, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, I really, really like Faith Peon. I yeah. think I've probably said on the podcast a few times that we tried recruiting him. Um, so no beef there. A lot of lot of goodwill there. Yeah. That guy, that guy is, uh, I think, a lot of friends. <laughs> He's won over a lot of people. Because uh, I think talent work, everybody loves him. Uh, obviously, Western audiences, him being able to do talent work, Western audiences mm-hmm. love him. So it's just really weird the fact that like you know the the whole Chinese drama around him when you're just like how this guy is just like the nicest dude. Yeah, China Dota, y'all don't know what you got. He's so sweet. Yeah. He's just a good player, good dude. When I when I saw him don't go back to him. China, uh, when I saw that announcement, I well, uh, yeah, the uh, I was just like, man, I don't know if you guys deserve him <laughs> after. After, you know, all the shit show that, that all that drama was. Yeah, the funniest thing was I, I sent him a question mark when I saw that uh, he got signed to China. I was like, what? <laughs> what happened here, dude? I thought we had a thing. Yeah. Uh, we did not. Sad. Ah, but it's okay. It happens. Yeah, so, yeah and then, um, then he promptly uh, knocked you guys down. Uh, out of yeah, that was pretty funny. Immediately. <laughs> yeah, we we had pretty good feeling about it, and then for whatever reason, just shit did not pop off for us. Um, I think we started a bit slow. Uh, felt like we were a bit lazy. Things just weren't really clicking in the game. So yeah, it just kind of went to the fucking, you know, it just did not go well. Yeah. Uh, at fucking all. And we kind of had a talk about it. We're just like, what the fuck was that? You know, it just got our mouths fucking. S- taste left out of our mouths um just wasn't so just wasn't ready i guess to play that match whatsoever uh mm. so i i think that was probably our toughest day we're just like oh shit here we go again uh but we learned some stuff from that series we learned that we were trying to adjust to them way too much like we were trying to predict their draft and take their heroes and like the way that we were drafting was to try and like fuck them over but um you know, as Amar proves, as we prove later on in the tournament, the important thing is you just get your shit. And whatever happens, happens. Um, but as long as you have what you want out of it, you know, that's going to be way better than trying to uh, make some kind of hobble draft that is good against some of their stuff, but not good against all their stuff. You know, it was just it was a shit show. Sure. It was just bad. Because uh, we were trying to do too much. And we were trying to be too clever, and it just did not work whatsoever. So what is your shit? Like, the first thing I see is you guys went down to lower bracket, and you matched up against Extreme. Um, yes, the first we did. round there. And the uh, first thing I see is an Oracle. <laughs> yeah. We're picking, like, Also, you Oracle. keep doing this 33 Alchemist thing. What is this? Yeah, didn't lose a single game with it. Suck my nuts. <laughs> Well, you should have drafted it in the finals then. What the fuck? 
They banned it every fucking time. <laughs> they first two banned it every single game. I mean, I have to say, like, uh, you, you, you said, you know, this new liquid, slower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't get much slower than an offlane alchemist, I feel like. Nope. Also, we were just running TA every game. And no yeah. other team was really running TA as much as we were. We were just first two picking TA every game. Yeah. Because uh, at some point, we're like, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, I think Neta came up with the idea. He was like, fuck this. Like, we're just going to pick it. See what happens. And if it loses, it loses. But I don't know if it'll lose. And it didn't. He was a genius. And that's kind of where I started to respect him a lot, if that makes sense. Because, you know, he's also got to learn some trust from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was just kind of like, we got to have balls. Fucking go for these things. Uh, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And that's kind of where I felt like he really showed me what he could do as a leader. When mm. he stopped focusing on all the things that they could do against us, and he just started focusing on things that we could do, that's when I felt like our team was really, really enabled. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that I mean, was pretty cool to see. That line of thinking also shows a lot of trust in your teammates, right? Yeah, of that, course. Like, if you give them what they can do well with or what you think is good... That it doesn't matter how good the enemy is, and doesn't matter like the the shit that they get, that you're just going to be better than them. And that's kind of where uh, I felt like it was genius, because mm. I felt as though, um, yeah, I don't know. You got to have your own identity, and that's kind of one of the focuses that we had for this event was kind of developing that. You know, saying to ourselves, we're just going to not pay attention too much to what other people are doing, and we just do our thing. Because you can see it with Falcons. You think anything in the world is going to fucking prevent Amar the fucker from first doing Mars? You think this guy gives a Timber shit? Saw, yeah. Or Razor, or Timber, or Viper? You know, like, you think, you think he gives a fuck? And I, I kind of feel like you've got to have that same mentality going into it, if that makes sense. you got to mm. think to yourself, like, who cares uh, what people pick? We just do our shit. Get it done. So you guys win that one 2-0. You match up against Game of Gladiators, which has been a problem for you guys. And you guys (laughs) lost 2-0 to them at the start of the tournament. Uh And 33 hates them so much that he refused to give a handshake. So obviously there's a lot of beef. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think going into that, we said, I think 33 said, and we were just saying to our team, like, fuck history. You know, it is what it is. What's happened in the past has happened in the past. Everyone's counting us out, saying we're just going to get knocked out. Doesn't matter. Uh, so, you know, might as well just try our fucking best and see what happens. And we just clapped them game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a really cool strat, which we obviously did. Um, and it worked. And yeah, you guys, I, I guess you I guys can tell did, it now. But You guys did carry Marcy. Holy fuck. That is a yeah, that did. is a suspect fucking decision right there. Let me just say, <laughs> are you kidding me? It was genius. I mean, it, yeah, it worked. You guys are geniuses, but like, if, if I saw that at this, I immediately would have been like, no, nope, they're fucking. This this is not a liquid game. <laughs> nah, it was it was cooking. I'm just saying, I can't really go into the full specifics. Sure, but let's just say, actually, I'll just say it. I don't give a fuck. Um, a team, a top. A top four or five team in the world scrimmed us and ended up picking the exact same lineup that Gladiators did. Like five out of, or no, four out of five heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we ended up just picking the same five euros <laughs> and we because we <laughs> smashed them in like 20 minutes okay so we said huh and if i don't know if you can see it i, I wish they would show our draft like i didn't go back and watch the vod but you can see Mickey smiling at me and me just giving him a thumbs up every pick that happens because it's just the funniest thing in the world. You know, uh -huh. um, there's just... I, I, and I was saying to them, this is either going to be the sickest thing ever and we're going to win in 20 minutes or we're just going to get rolled and we were getting trolled by the other team. Yeah. Uh, and obviously we rolled. And it was very funny to me. Like, I, I don't know if you can see draft moments. Maybe if somebody goes back and watches it, but I'm dying laughing because of how funny like and surreal the situation is. It's not very often that your scrim data goes one-to-one -one like that so perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. that's pretty funny. Yeah, that was an XD moment. <laughs> Side note about this, this draft, the carry Marcy, you got um, Avery picked uh, carry Marcy in one of our party queue games because of you guys. Oh really? Did it did it work? No, we lost horribly. So thank you for that. Thank you. No worries. <laughs> I'm sure this was. A I don't know how issue. you guys made this dog shit hero work. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, we we beat them game one, funniest game. Game game two, we like, why are my cores Weaver, like Bat Arc Warden? It's like the most dog shit. This is what I meant by, we we weren't people weren't really we weren't thinking as a group about what our heroes could do together we were just thinking about oh this lanes pretty well um yeah. and then all of a sudden you've got this fucking animal this beast of a draft that doesn't really connect doesn't really make sense because uh I, I imagine the majority of people won't get into top tier drafting um but if you do and you want to know a little bit more about it the main thing is that you kind of have an outline at all times about what you want in your draft let's say you know, just as a basic rule of thumb, you have a certain amount of stuns, you have a certain amount of team fight, you know, your lanes are not too spicy, and you just make sure that you're covered roughly on most things. Um, and that's usually how you get to a good draft, you know? You kind of just cover the bases and make sure that you're not getting screwed. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what me and Matu thought about drafting anyways. So, yeah, that game was not that. Holy shit. Yeah, when you've that got that uh, the fucking opposite of that. When you've got two stuns in total and like literally zero team fight. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going in for each other. Ah, it's just bad. Sometimes this is what I meant by, you know, as soon I told you, as soon as the draft ends, sometimes I can just tell that our shit was bad. Mm -hmm. This was really one of those times where I thought to myself, as soon as I left the stage, Christ alive, <laughs> what did we do? Um. And I just thought to myself, okay, so then the first thing I did was I went upstairs and I just started breaking it down in my brain about where we went wrong so that – because I can't do anything. If if we win, then my job's over. But if we lose, sure. um, which I'm not trying to be negative, I should just prepare for the next thing, right? Yeah. Because uh, yeah. if it's extra work that I did, whatever, who cares? But if we end up needing it, then, uh, you know, great. And if you know your shit, which obviously you do, like it – even if you win that game, you should probably still fix that draft for future situations, right? Like, yes, you feel like absolutely. you misstepped in the draft. If your team somehow covers that by just being better than Gladiators, you still need to do better next series because mm -hmm. next series is going to be harder, presumably. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was my exact thinking. I think a lot of people will take the wrong things away from that and be like, fucking negative piece of shit, had no faith in his team. Uh, but it was just to cover my bases. That's what you should do. You should prepare 
if you're in a game two, you can prepare for a game three. Mm. Um, and if it doesn't end up mattering, then who cares? Uh, but if it does, then oh, then I'm like 30 minutes ahead of the next team. Uh, so then kind of went through, had a conversation about it. Nobody was super happy about it. I think Netta immediately was like, yeah, guys, this one was going to be tough to win. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. We're all on the same page. You know, everyone's thinking the same way. He didn't like our draft. I didn't like our draft. Uh, we can kind of just go from there. Uh, then we had <laughs> game three happened. We got everything we wanted. Was dominating the game. Then they gladiators it up, made it kind of sweaty, and then they lost. Do you feel like? Uh, Do you guys feel like you got the the monkey off your back a little bit? No, I mean we've already done it before at uh, Riyadh, but sure, I think but this is the first time team, we eliminated right? them. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's just kind of cool to be honest. Yeah. To be able to like uh, get it done this quick was kind of nice. Truth be told. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't say it's like the end all be all, like our crowning achievement or anything, but it was cool to send them home. Uh, I I do like their team as people and all that, but yeah. you know, <laughs> fuck them. You didn't have to worry about the boogeyman down the line. Yeah, I mean, it's just nice to get uh, that out of your brain as fast as you can. Yeah. Because uh, you know, I don't think our team is afraid of them or anything like that. You just, uh, you know, you just think to yourself like, who knows? Maybe we are just fucking cursed against these bitches. So now you guys have some real momentum. You yeah. have won two series Typical. in the lower bracket. You've won against the the team that has probably been your biggest rival. And now your next step is matching up the, against the team that knocked you down to the lower bracket in the first place in Azure. Yeah. This who also took very... down Team Spirit. So they also have a little bit of momentum, even if they uh, also came down. Yeah, I mean, they just gave us Venjok two games in a row. Yeah. <laughs> we just <laughs> sweep that one up real quick. Funny story, when we last picked Puck, Nisha was like, we should probably ban Void Spirit. And we're like, we, I don't think this guy plays this hero. Fucking, uh, you know, this motherfucker's a boomer. He's like the most boomer boomer to ever boomer. That's what Matu used to say about players. Uh-huh. You know, whenever we'd be afraid about a hero, he'd always say, like, this guy's a fucking boomer, dude. There's no way he can play it. I yeah. can play. He, there's no way he can play it. <laughs> Old um, man Ori at, at 28. Yeah, fucking 28 years old mid player. We're like, there's no way he's playing fucking skill based heroes. Um, as it was just funny because I think Avery taught me actually funny thing about Avery. He taught me a lesson about drafting, which uh, you know I want to give him some props for. But I think at one of the TIs, I said that we, you know, we we got into a situation where we thought a team wouldn't pick a hero just because it wasn't in their wheelhouse and like who's gonna risk that at ti mm -hmm. and he said something like if you found it to be a good hero they probably did too you know like if you think you're geniuses and you think you see this hero like dota players are good at dota they probably see the same situation you do so uh yeah nisha was like just ban it we didn't didn't end up mattering too much he he styled on him or it was boomer as hell he was going like shadow blade or some shit <laughs> Uh, all the props oh, in the world man. to yeah that was pretty xd nisha was like i don't know what this guy was doing he was griefing <laughs> so you guys clean up so, that series two under 40 minute games no problem Venge mm -hmm. out you guys keep on rocking this fucking alchemist offlane i i yeah side note i hope the patch changes 
I, I, you know me. I'm an offlaner. I don't like farming. That's not my jam. Mm-hmm. So I don't like what you guys are doing. Fucking good for you, idiot. <laughs> All right, next King round. Da over here. <laughs> next round, Bet Boom. So Bet uh-huh. Boom made it to the upper bracket finals. Uh, they went two one against Falcons, so they get knocked down. You're matched up against them. Do you guys? Uh, I feel. I feel like you guys don't have a problem with Bet Boom in the past. No, we're not afraid of them at all. Yeah. Um. So game one happens. We draft kind of yikes. Uh. We decide to go for this like sniper versus puck thing again, but okay. we've got like no stuns. We can't kill anybody. None of our lanes go well. It's it's a fucking shit show, Austin. Um. <laughs> and we're we're just we're. We're accepting playing a slow game against the slowest team in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and this this was an error. <laughs> and I think after the game, I shouted at us, you know, and I was like, guys, there's no fucking way we're playing that slow of a game again. Do not worry. We're just going to tempo up on these nerds, and we're going to work them in 20 minutes. Uh, in fact, after the first game, I was less nervous because I just thought to myself, like, snap out of it. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Just run at these guys. They cannot take like endless amounts of pressure so if we're just there first we're gonna get them real hard um so yeah that was kind of our adjustment we just said we'll speed up the game if you want to play this game you know you want to play real slow well we'll just keep running at you until you break (laughs) and that was successful and they immediately folded a 20 minute game yes um i i think they're really talented i just feel like they're a very specific team um they're very, very good, like incredibly good. But sometimes I feel like their identity sometimes can bite them in the ass because I feel like they're very lane-centric, a little bit slower than some of the teams that we're used to playing in Europe. Uh, and I think sometimes that works against them, unfortunately. Yeah, if their slow style uh, is kind of locked in, uh, the last two years of Dota have not been helpful to that. With Game of Gladiators being extremely fast at this, like, last TI, and you guys, generally speaking, being a pretty fast team. Uh, I feel like both of you guys have not had issues with Bet Boom in the past. Yeah, I mean, Gladiators gets worked by them all the time, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, they've got, I think they've got a, I think after this series, it was 12.5% win rate against them. Holy fuck. Yeah, it's not good, bro. How? how uh, I mean, this is probably too much, but uh, why do you think they struggle against them and you guys do not? Uh, probably just a difference in styles. I think mm. we're a bit more flexible and we don't care so much uh, about the same things that... I don't, I don't want to get into it too much, but I think the things that Gladiators cares about as a team are quite different than what we care about as a team. And... Mm. Uh, sometimes you can just get into these weird rock paper scissors situation, you know, like one team is good against another team because of reasons, and you know, obviously we can do well against Bet Boom, but we'll struggle against Gladiators. Gladiators will do, you know, we got ourselves into a real quandary, a rock <laughs> paper scissors uh-huh. like situation. Um, so yeah, sometimes it just it's just funny and it works out like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's not usually much more complicated than that. Just okay. kind of funny situation that works out that way yeah see it's funny because like i assumed that game of gladiators did well against them because i i just remember that they won dream league against bed boom uh-huh uh but 
yeah, looking back at it, 2-0, bet boom, 2-0, bet boom. The group yeah. stage at that Dream League, 2-0, bet boom. <laughs> Pretty surprising, right. actually. Okay. Okay, so you guys uh, work them. Anything else from that series? Mm, no, not really. I think uh, that one was pretty straightforward. Then have to play the finals. Uh, I mean, we just got worked. They were really fucking good. We didn't play our cleanest. I think game two was kind of free, but we ended up throwing really hard. And then I think it was kind of hard to recover from there. Sure. Um, you know, because we're running this Venge concept the entire way through, yeah. and it just keeps losing. And at some point, it, it's really hard because I think if you're a Dota fan, you're just thinking to yourself like, well, why don't they get away from it? Why don't they try something new? You know, why are they just content to, like, lose off of this? Um, and it's not that, like, we're down to fucking... Uh, we're not we're not stupid. We can see that it's not working, but kind of the problem you run into sometimes in professional Dota is that you've gone so far with this thing that it's just... It's hard to give up on. Sure. Um, it's really tough to give up on just because, you know... It got you this far. How can I just give up on this now and say like it doesn't work? Yeah. Um. So that part was kind of tough to deal with because at some point you know you're just you're running out of ideas. Nothing's really working. Things aren't really going your way, and you're just getting clapped. Uh. And that's kind of what happened there. We just kind of things were not really working. Didn't really know what to do at some point kind of got stuck you know yeah 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 i'm looking through your drafts yeah. right now and uh <laughs> i see the first two games you have first pick and <laughs> it's amar hero amar hero amar hero yeah actually game three they ended up flexing it uh and putting it mid yeah i, I mean these guys one. are just they're fucking they're so good because uh, they're just the biggest virgins in the world. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, they're crit, good at crit everything. Well known for being a virgin. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're just, they're so annoying at what they do. Um, and it's just mad props to them. Because they, they know what they're good at. They're not afraid to do it. Um, and yeah, they put you in some really uncomfortable positions. Uh, I guess the way, the best way that I can describe it is Amar blackmails you. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know when somebody just goes into it and they're just thinking to themselves like uh he's like I'm going to pick my hero I'm going to play it this way and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it uh good luck and then you just think to yourself like you can't do that yeah, and he's like well, that's illegal <laughs> like dude you can't get away with that and he's like watch me I'm going to get away with it I'm going to get away with it again and then you just think to yourself, like, dude, there's no way that should work. And he's like, well, it did. What do you want to do about it, you son of a bitch? <laughs> uh, so I think in that way, Amar's quite the tricky player. But mad respect for, you know, shucking sick, sick Dota player. Yeah. Obviously, like, talented out the fucking wazoo. Yeah, I remember watching yeah. that uh, game, too. And... I saw the the kind of throw that happened, uh-huh. and yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was I was talking to Ali. I was like, yeah, Liquid's gonna get three would in the finals. <laughs> yeah, I but just, you know, I, I just wasn't to... sure how you guys were gonna bounce back after that after yeah. a game two that felt like you should have won. 
I mean, I talked to Netta about it, and I said, are you disappointed? Like, do you think you've joined some, like, curse-ass team? He's like, no, I thought, you know, I, I thought we did a really good job, all things considered. We didn't have the most time. This was, like, our first real tournament as a group. I'm quite proud of everybody, and I felt like everyone put in good effort, and, you know, it was good stuff. And I thought that was really sweet. That kind of gave me a fresh perspective on it. Because, you mm -hmm. know, when you're stuck in it, you feel like you're fucking stuck in it. Um, and he kind of helped me bounce out of that mentality, I guess. I was just thinking, like, okay, we're just cursed or some shit. He was like, nah, you know, we just have to put in a bit more effort. Uh, we have to believe on our ideas a little bit more in the future, and we're going to get there. Yeah, I mean... And I really believed in him. That's good. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you also said you guys are running with this concept. It seemed like you didn't have too many others. Uh, looking through the draft, you had, you know, your Alk band. Um, and the TA that you guys were rocking banned, and then they kept, and then they gave you the Venge, and that Venge didn't work. And I assume you guys didn't have too much to work with after that. Yeah, I mean, we were very idea weak at some point, um, which is really rough, but it is what it is. We got stuck. But that's to be expected at the start of a season, right? Mm hmm. I, and uh, I think a lot of people would be like, lol, Liquid, but like, it is a new roster. So, you know, I think if you're a Liquid fan and you're listening to this, you're thinking to yourself, like, fucking Blitz just has 50 Johns in a row. And maybe <laughs> I do. Uh, but no, I, I, I mean, really if, do that, believe if that, that was true, that they're, uh, like, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I doubt the. I doubt you have crippled Liquid's drafts in every finals that you've been in. Obviously, it's a problem past you, right? Yeah, uh, I want to, you know, I want to say that I don't read things that are posted about me, but I definitely do. Um, and mm -hmm. so I kind of just want to address like some of the more common things that I read, because uh, I'm not really sure where they come from. I think the first is that like, I'm okay with losing and that I'm happy to lose to Quinn because they're my friends or something like that or some dog shit uh, like that. You know, when I go on stage and I say that I'm proud of my guys no matter what, I, I really do mean that, and I will stand by that. I am proud of the work that we put in um, and everything that everybody sacrificed to get here. And I think I do want to celebrate that for my team. And I do want them to know that I appreciate everything that they put into this and that it doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, with that being said, and I, I really need this to like come through, uh, I don't want to fucking lose. And I don't know where the idea came from that we're, like, super happy to just, like, go out there and get our asses clapped. Uh, that's absolutely not the case. Um, I don't know where that idea came from or this idea that, like, because I'm friends with Quinn, that I'm okay with him winning over me. Like, of course I'm fucking not. Uh, but at the same time, like, I do want to make sure that, you know, if I'm speaking to an audience, I do feel like it's important for me to convey the idea that it's not okay not that it's okay to lose but more that it's not the end of the world if we do and i still like everybody on my team mm -hmm. and that they're good people and i you know we're getting closer to like retirement age than we are the start of our careers and i just want my team to know how much i care about them and love them and that obviously i care about winning but it won't be the determining factor in how i feel about them ever as people Sure. Um, and I don't want to add any more additional pressure to that. And if people are going to clown on me for that, like it is what it is. Um, 
I really care about this group. I really love everybody on this team. Uh, I'll stick with them for as long as they'll have me. They were really loyal to me in time periods where they didn't have to be. Uh, so I'll continue to be loyal to them. Uh, and if it makes me look a little bit silly and people are just like, fucking loser-ass mentality, fucking clown, like that, you know, then so be it. And that's okay. Because, you know, you're not in there with us. You know, like, I get asked for, like, a five-second snippet outside of a thing. Like, so, you know, what did you tell your team in there? And I say, yeah, no, you know, go out there and have some fun, try your best, see what happens. And I feel like in all sports, that's just general coach speak, you know? Sure. You just go out there tell your team, like, it's all, you know, just do your shit. Uh, but obviously, like, behind the scenes, we're talking quite differently. Because, uh, you know, that's just what you fucking do. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, people aren't really privy to that, and they're going to make their judgments. Um, and I probably don't do a good job of, you know, playing into that either. Uh, and I'm not saying that's like everybody. Actually, uh, I said on Twitter that I was going to avoid reading social media, but I read, like, one of the threads, and somebody was like, Coach Diff... I bet AUI has never said anything like this before. Uh, but actually, AUI, after the finals, told me, like, hey, man, we got fucking second 19 times or some dumb shit in a row on C9. <laughs> and nobody yeah. was accusing me of having some, like, terrible mentality. So, you know, it's all good. Like, you're going to cross that hurdle when you get to it. And yeah. I said, I think so, too. Um, so, you know, uh, big fan of Kurt. So, I, when I say, like, I'm happy for somebody, it doesn't mean, like, I'm happy that I fucking lost means that like we fucking lost so i can either be a salty bitch about it or i can just congratulate the person express that i like them as people and move on with my life yeah i uh, think uh, a lot of people look at second place um i mean there, there's a weird dichotomy uh of like second place is like the team that gets flamed the most a lot of times especially if it's repeat second places right People treat them far worse than a team that's getting much worse placements, right? Uh, but then I think also, uh, like, the opposite side of the coin, people also look at second place and being like, oh, you guys did, you must be all right. You must feel okay. Uh, but from what I've, what I've gathered from a lot of players, unless they're just not expecting to win the tournament, uh, most of the time it's the second place guys who are the most miserable. Right. Yeah, I mean, I skipped the after party, me and Mick. Uh, I think some people on our team went, but I just, I don't know. I just want to be fucking alone. I'm yeah. sad as shit. I, I get, you don't know how fucking disappointing it is to get the message from your friends and family. Like, oh, you know, you tried your best. And I get that everyone's just trying to be nice. And I, I do appreciate them. But in the moment, I just hate life and I'm ashamed. And I know what that feels like because I feel it every time we lose. You know, I feel shame and guilt and just, oh, fuck me. I know we're about, everybody on my team is about to get clowned. I know Mick's going to get clowned and being like, carry diff, need to kick. And it just feels fucking bad. And I don't feel like it's my job in the world to add to that. I feel like if I'm truly the kind of coach that I think I want to be, it's to try and remove from that. So, you know, when I make public statements supporting my team and saying, like, I would never kick them, you know, I, I could just be like the community and harp on them. And, you know, I'm going to be like, hey, guys, uh, I think Aiden after the game said, we'll get him next time. And I said, no, we won't. If we keep putting in this level of effort and we keep expecting these things, you know, it's the definition of insanity. We have to work harder. We have to do more. We have to want more out of ourselves. And I gave this like really impassioned, you know, like uh, after the game, like we have to want more than this, guys, or we'll just keep, you know, ending up in this position. Um, 
and I'm telling everybody like, hey, we have to learn these heroes. We have to get better at this. Um, but you know, when I'm in a public setting, I don't have to add to that. I don't have to call my players out and be like, yeah, I feel like we're lacking here. It's like, what can you do mid diff? <laughs> like, what do you want? Of course, I'm going to support my guys and say that I stand behind them. I mean, that, that would I love be pretty them. based. If after a, after be. a game one loss, they go up to you after the game two draft. So what was wrong in that game? You were just like mid diff. Yeah, be and based. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I have sometimes when we lose. Like, of course, I have my own personal thoughts, and they're not always like the most positive, constructive things. But you know, that's supposed to be the point of it is to be constructive. Yeah. Uh, what am I supposed to tell like a player after they played poorly after a game? Well, you fucking suck. No, you got to be like, hey, I know that wasn't your best game, and here's why I think you know we can work better at that so we can avoid that situation in the future um so you know i i try to be harsh on the guys in private but i try to give them as much praise as i can publicly so that they know that i'm on their side and i think it also just points probably paints like a bigger target on my back which i'm honestly okay with you know i'm in therapy i try my best i've got a good support system around me so and you know i i really uh i think people will misconstrue this but like i really do like reddit as a site uh and i think the vast majority of people that post on there are like incredibly positive people that are just normal people that are looking to enjoy dota same as me but you know sometimes like there's like three people out there that just fucking tell you to go kill yourself 24 7 and it wears on you and then you start to see uh ghosts you know like things that aren't there uh, and comments that aren't there and then you start to conflate these random people's opinions with uh everybody but that's not really the case. Uh, and people have just overwhelmingly been positive and supportive to me. So, you know, no beef. Yeah, I think... Uh, I don't know, would, would you agree with the, going back to the, the whole second place feeling pretty bad? I, I remember um, it was actually Crit. Um, we were... I think it was uh, ESL1 Stockholm. Um, we were at the hotel bar. Uh, after mm -hmm. that tournament had wrapped up and we were in a group conversation and I asked Crit about like the tournament stuff and uh, I don't remember exactly how it came up but what he, he said that uh, at the time he was on EG so obviously they didn't have a good tournament uh, and he said the tournament wasn't so bad for me as it was for uh, and then he pointed out like somebody who got in second place because uh, he said that like we didn't even feel like like we were so far down we didn't even feel like we were close to winning so like my view of the tournament and my feelings on it are not as negative because it's like well we weren't even close but when you're close when you get that second place it's like all you could think about is like you know what you could have done that little bit to push you over the line or why you didn't make it over the line Whereas for them, it was just like, well, we're not even in the same league right now. So who the fuck cares? And, you know, I think that it's uh, not wrong. Um, I don't know. I, I remember back then when AUI was a player, everyone called him a loser and shit, and then he won TI. You know, yeah. he got like 50 second places in a row. Uh, and Kurt's obviously worth more than that. And I think my team is too. And I do think that we will get a championship this year. Uh but the first step of that is to get to the finals in the first place. Yeah. 
And so if we can keep doing that consistently, which we have, obviously, I think we're the most consistent team in Dota, um, then, you know, then I, I feel as though we will get that monkey off our back and it will get easier. But, you know, if we want to make keep making the climb every single time, you know, I'm going to keep doing it the way that I'm doing it, which is to try and support my guys, stand by them, give them as much love and, like, care as they can they can get because the world is so fucking mean out there mm. so i don't need to add to that you know it's like kind of being a coach because you're around these people 24 7 is kind of like being a parent you know the world's already fucking cruel to your kids uh so just trying to balance that while trying to be probably a little bit more of a disciplinarian this year would be my goal my personal goals just to be hold people a little bit more accountable let's say yeah um, I think that will be one thing that I'll try to improve on and to try and hold myself a little bit more accountable because I, I do think that there's more things that I could be doing as a coach. Um, I think that some of the criticisms that I see are incorrect, you know, about uh, some stuff, but I do think there's probably some truth to the idea that I have to do a better job. Of course I do. Um, I play a big part on the team, and if I believe that, then I'm probably also part of the reason why we're not getting it done in the finals yet. Which are people, I'm sure somebody will misconstrue and say, like, see, even Blitz fucking says <laughs> that they're fucking, he's the reason. So um, uh, Aiden described it as you guys having a grand finals problem, uh, which I think, um, I mean, we said earlier, right? It's like before you could construe it to be a gaming gladiators matchup problem, or uh, I mean, I guess the other one was Spirit, right? But now you've lost to a different team. So, grand finals problem is that? Uh, would you agree with that? And and I mean, it, that's just purely a performance thing, right? That that's just like a that has to be just like an anxiety, nerves sort of thing, right? If it's always coming down to the grand finals in that regard. I actually think I had a different idea behind it because I was thinking okay. the same thing. Maybe my team is just the fucking biggest group of chokers of all time, privately. Yeah. Um, and I actually think, if I had to guess, what, what the real big problem is, is I think that we don't come into tournaments with strong enough ideas. Because um, we're so we're, we're still... And I think we learned a lot from... Even though it doesn't feel like it and we got blown out, whatever. Uh, I will say that like I personally learned a lot from 33 and just how he approaches things and just how we should approach things in general is the idea that we just do our thing, we don't adjust so hard to people... Because that was one of the things that we really did a lot on the old Liquid. We were just the most flexible team in the world. And that'll get you far, but will it win? Maybe not. Uh, because by the time we get to the ideas that we want to, which, uh, if you're really smart about Dota, you can see, you know, you can look over the drafts and you can you can kind of see the progression of, like, what ideas we go through and how we, how we start to, like, work on them mm -hmm. uh, is vastly different from the beginning of the tournament to the end of the tournament. Whereas I feel like Falcons, for the most part, just kind of stuck with their guns. Same with uh, Gladiators. You know, every game we played against them, they were just like fucking first two Alk or TB. And then, you know, you'd see some Ace Strength Hero. And you would have to kind of move around them. Uh, at Riyadh, Spirit would just first three pick, or first two pick Faceless Void every game. And Yator just kind of is daring you to do something about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's really cool. And I think that's that's something that we should look at. Uh, and that's something that we should kind of take into consideration. Like maybe we get to this part 
just a little bit too late. Maybe we find the ideas that people are so confident about just a little bit later than other people do. Now, you know, that's part of the reason why we're having so much uh, of a struggle by the time we get to the finals, because these people have fully cemented their ideas, whereas we're just kind of getting started about what is good or what is bad. Uh, and that probably means, like, I have to do better job as coach to try and, like, reinforce these things a little bit faster. Um, but I think that's probably the next thing that I would try. So part, part of just being able to jam whatever you think is good is not losing a series, right? And going through the upper bracket, um, I feel like most of the time, I don't think every single time, but I think most of the time you guys are going through a lower bracket, right? Mm -hmm. So your willingness to adjust is maybe what gives you that take advantage of that second chance in the first place, right? Yeah, but that's like part of the problem is like, we, you know, we get clapped down and then we're like, oh, this can't work. And then we find what we need to find. Mm -hmm. um, so is the goal to, to be able to find that sooner? Exactly. And go through that upper be, bracket? Okay. Yeah. Because the idea should be that we get into this groove faster. Because it's not like Falcons like radically shifted anything they were doing. Um, they just got better as the tournament progressed. Uh, which is what we need to do. We need to like, I mean, you can change some stuff. But, like, you can't change your identity as a team midway through a tournament. Mm -hmm. In my mind, that's always going to lead to uh, to what happens here, which is, you know, you just circle the drain over and over again. Yeah. So that would be my that would be my personal, what can we get better at uh, as a group? Like, what can we focus on? And that, that's probably something that I have to, like, work on uh, a lot, too. It's just making sure that we're reinforcing our ideas and not trying to find holes in them and getting to things too late. Do you think that's going to be a problem uh, where you're <laughs> you're suffering from too much success because you guys also didn't really play any qualifiers? You guys were invited to everything, and I assume you guys will be invited to everything else for the rest of the year. Uh, yeah. So a lot of these tournaments, you're going to be rolling in with some sort of boot camp into playing the tournament and just seeing how it goes. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think that you could see that with... Um... Glad or not gladiators uh well yeah with gladiators uh because they didn't really have to play qualifier same as us yeah i felt like they hit the ground running a little bit slow yeah um i feel like falcons is in nothing but go through the meat grinder for the last three months um but you know that's a shit excuse because ultimately at the end of the day like i would rather not have to play the qualifiers which means that we just have to be better as a team and it means that we can start earlier or we can play a little bit more um, or we have we can be a little bit more purposeful. You know, there's a lot of ways around it that sure. we're not currently uh, abusing. But um, you know, I I do think there's hope. I feel like people are really motivated this time around. Um, I felt like last year we were kind of just in a funk um, and kind of in a haze, just going from tournament to tournament, and however we did was however we did. But now I kind of feel as though people did not like losing this one. You know, Mickey spamming pubs, uh, Nisha will grind as well so I, I i feel as though this one might be a little bit different in my mind um but you when, know when that's was the to last time you you guys felt that way do you think um i felt like after esl the first time was like the first real time we kind of were like this ain't it uh we're not doing enough when you guys got second place to gaming gladiators the you talked no, no, about the second uh, major last year we, or? before we got third at ti 
actually. Oh, okay. Was the first real time I felt like we came to this conclusion where we were just like, we're not doing enough. What a waste of an opportunity and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I feel feel as though the inception of all of this started, where we we're kind of just like, need to do more. We're such a good team, you know, what are we doing? So, you know, uh, hopefully we can we can reach back and get back to the summit once again for the fucking 90th time. Hmm. Okay. I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up, unless you got anything else you want to talk about. No, I think that's roughly everything. I feel as though covered most stuff. I think anyways. So you guys aren't going to boot camp for uh, Dream League, uh, but you're going to boot camp before ESL 1 Birmingham. That's the that's yeah. the game plan? Okay. And we'll just try and grind as hard as we can for Birmingham. Because, I mean, uh, fucking lands are just way cooler. Sure. So uh, Does that mean that you, like, obviously you're still going to try for Dream League, but, uh, like, how do, how are you treating, I guess, that event? Uh, pretty seriously. I think last time we had to go through, not the qualifier, but like the stage before for Riyadh, mm-hmm. um, which probably helped us if anything. But this time around, I like to avoid that, sure, uh, if possible. I feel as though, yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. I don't mind too much if we have to play quals, because in my mind, like what really hurt the other old top teams were that eventually. Because they got invited to so many things that the uh, old guard kind of just uh, got pushed aside. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you never know. Maybe we're, like, too passive because we're not playing. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, I think that's it. We'll do another check-in probably after ESL and Birmingham. Uh, I'll uh, I'll be casting you guys at Dream League, and that's it. What do you want to name this episode? By the way, did I tell you what happened last time? You what? named the episode. What happened? You named the last episode. I asked you for a a title to the episode, and you said "Who Eats Ass" in twenty twenty. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. Uh, do you know what happened not no. long before that, un- un- unbeknownst no. to me? Uh, what? My mom started watching my YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to name this one with that in mind, that my mom will likely see the, the, the title of this podcast? Quinn Fattis L Lifetime. <laughs>